politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Miniman, to the one and only CR Podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back here today, May the 3rd, the day after the day that will live on in infamy. For those of you who are here to fight for life, liberty, and property, this is your place to go. Although, I guess we don't have to fight for life anymore. It's over. We won the battle. You know, nothing else matters. This is great. We have an appreciation for life. Um, you know, the medical tyranny doesn't matter anymore. The fact that we have our entire country destroyed and a generation of mental, physical, emotional, developmental health destroyed doesn't matter. And the invasion from the border that we have no culture, language, sovereignty left, and the rampant crime, and the fact that everything we purchase is worth three times more, and there's a supply shortage of everything. And everything is upside down, inside out in this country. But we played the long game and we solved the issue. My job here is done. All right, folks. It's not quite that cynical. um, But you are going to get, as always, as you come to expect from me, a very nuanced and unique take, very independent take on what occurred yesterday on the impending... Uh, reversal of Roe v. Wade and, and KCV Planned Parenthood, assuming that is the opinion that comes out in, in this Dobbs v. Jackson case from Mississippi. Uh, you know, let's just assume that is what is going to come out, and they didn't change it. You are going to hear a unique point of view, about 10 different points. I have an article out outlining this in a written form in five different points. But as always, nothing is one-dimensional. And you're going to get today my view on abortion, not just in a vacuum that obviously morally it's repugnant and I'm against it, um, and I'm very happy about a lot of aspects of the decision, but you have to look at things multidimensional in the time we live in, in the context of who the Republican Party is, who the conservative movement is, what other issues we face, and what potential outcomes are we going to um, be faced with. And as always, I'm not just going to lay this out to you as a pundit to pontificate as an end to itself, but as an activist of what I think should happen, what we should do. As always, when you have, you know, seminal changes, watershed events in, in politics, it presents itself with multiple challenges and multiple opportunities at the same time. And if you play your cards right, you could limit the challenges, the, the downside, and reap the windfall from the benefits and those opportunities. And if you don't, well, then it will be a net loser, like it always is with the Republican Party. And I'm always here to take what happens and not look backwards, but say, as we stand now, what are the potential pitfalls, which there are, as good of you know a, a news cycle as this is, there are pitfalls, how we can avoid them, and what we can do that is going to help our cause. Okay? You know, in short form, basically, as you well know, my view, I've already talked about this. There's a side of me that's been dreading this for a few months because I fear that it would distract from everything else. It will protect all the rhinos. It will serve as a so-called vindication of McConnell and and the long game of the phony conservative legal and political movement when really things are worse than ever on every issue, but also, by the way, on the life issue as well, if you understand whole life, and we can't allow them to distract, um, nor can we allow this to shield the Mitch McConnells of the world and allow him to be heralded as, as victors. At the same time, there are some good aspects to this, not the least which that we're going to rid the stain of, of abortion from red states, um, which, it, which is great. Also, just the fact that we are returning a fundamentally political issue to the states away from the courts and the, and, and the rationale that it repudiates substantive due process and this notion that you could just create phantom rights that are not rooted in history and tradition and in fact against our history and tradition there's a lot more we can do with that if we actually have a movement and a party that's willing to do that 
So I'm going to try to get to all of that. It's a tall order. We're not going to you know, go through anything else today because I think this is what you want to hear. And, and there's a lot of important aspects to this. So right off the bat, just to explain what this is and what it isn't. Okay, I mean, this is obvious to most of you. Um, and, and, and I just want to say from the onset here, I might turn off some of you. I think some of the longtime listeners who are advanced graduates of our, uh, you know, graduate program here, you'll get where I'm headed with this. You'll appreciate it. Some of you might be a little turned off. What is this guy? I'm not expecting this. But you have to hear out all of the factors I'm explaining together, okay, as an amalgamation, not in a vacuum. And there's, there's, I have conflicting emotional views, political strategic views, all in once. And some of them are, are on opposing sides at the same time, because they're both kind of true. And it depends what we make of it. Now you think, why am I hemming and hawing? This is a little bit weird. I mean, isn't, isn't this the greatest thing since sliced bread? Yes and no. Yes and no. So we'll get there. So what does this opinion do? Most of you already realize it doesn't ban abortion. Okay, it doesn't ban abortion. It has nothing to do with that. Quite the contrary, it's Roe that took the issue out of the hands of the states, and this merely returns it to the states. It bans the ban on states from banning it. Okay? That's what it does. Um, here's the reality. Here's the reality. And this ties into partly why I was never so into this issue, because politically, strategically, I don't think it helps us. Morally, obviously, I'm very much anti-abortion, have been, and always will be. But morally, I will tell you, not a single abortion that was going to happen will be prevented from this. Just know that. Okay, both for the right that's dancing from the rooftops and the left that's wringing their hands over this. And as we're going to discuss, it's, by the way, only the loser left, not the real strategic thinkers. I will just tell you, the Bill Gates's, Klaus Schwab's of the world, the George Soros's, they're not crying over this. There's elements of it they're not happy about. This is not where their mind is at, and they're going to accomplish what they want anyway. But just realize, in the best case scenario, what would happen is all of the deep red states would fully ban abortion. Some a little bit in the middle would maybe ban it after a certain period of time and some of the other specific practices, um, you know, and put like Hellerstat type of regulations on it, uh, certain regulations of the doctors and their certification and the, and the clinics they use. And then the deep blue states are not only going to continue it, but as we already see, Unlike Republicans, when they attack red states, they give in. Here, they're going to double down. Um, they're going to not only expand expand it probably till after date of conception of, of birth, which they're already trying to do in Maryland and California, already passed committee in California to basically greenlight killing babies for the first week. So they're going to up the ante. But more importantly, they are going to create a baby-killing tourism industry where they're basically going to spend millions of dollars inviting uh, people from red states to come and get an abortion. And there's nothing we can do to stop that. I mean, that's they're going to do that. And this, you know, in other words, it's not, a, it's not an opinion that says, for example, not only is there no right to an abortion, but there's a right to the baby to survive. That's not what this is, right? Um, there are those who believe it is in the Constitution and want the courts to rule that way. That's not what they're ruling. They're never going to rule that way. So it doesn't affect them. So I just want to say right off the bat, just in terms of the judiciary, people are like, well, Daniel, you know, you don't like the courts getting involved, but they are. No, the courts got involved with Roe. This just resets it. This is not a sword. This is a shield. They're the ones who are using the courts for a sword. So, for example, with Obergefell, a state is not allowed to define marriage the way it always was and must treat you know, two males uh, getting together in a ceremony as a marriage like anything else. Immediately, within seconds of that opinion, all 50 states, including the deep red states, done. They fell. That's not what this is. So all those feigning outrage, the bottom line is any, the blue states are able to do what they want. They're going to increase it. 
and anyone in a red state, the reality is, and don't get me wrong, it's it's a, an important thing that we um, rid ourselves of the stain of it in the red states and don't have it. But I'm just telling you practically, practically in terms of outcomes, moral outcomes, there's a great legal outcome from this if we press it. But from a moral outcome, most people, abortions have been limited recently. You have the growth of birth control, um, just because of the way things are nowadays. You know, most people preempted. Um, they've gone down. There's better education on it. And we're headed in a better trajectory. Anyone who still wants to get an abortion and is so emphatic about it, they're going to be able to get it, and they will get it. And they're going to make it very easy. Obviously, Amazon announced uh, last night that they're going to give every employee uh, who lives in a red state, potentially that, that gets rid of abortion, $4,000 worth of expenses. And again, I bet you the states themselves, Maryland, California, uh, you know, Massachusetts, they're actually going to downright invite people and pay for it fully. Oh, and by the way, you know how they deny you a kidney transplant if you don't get the shots? I guarantee you they won't deny a, a cross-state abortion to those that don't get the shots. So that's the first point I want to make, that there's no outcome. This is not the 1800s where it's tough to travel. Anyone could get in a car. And unlike with you know ivermectin, which was you know blocked in the pharmacies and the hospitals and the doctors and really in all 50 states for a while, um, you know, hospital care was terrible, and that's really the bigger pro-life issue, where we couldn't go anywhere, and you have a guy with 24, 48 hours with a cytokine storm, and he's going to die if he doesn't get proper treatment. We had nowhere to get proper treatment. This is very long-term. You have an unplanned pregnancy or whatever. You know, you have, you have plenty of time to do it. You can hop in a car and anywhere in the country. You won't be too far in today's ability to travel to go and get it. So anyone who's that committed still to getting abortions, they're going to get it. So in terms of outcomes, practically, in terms of just the abortion of a baby itself, in my view, it's not going to change. It's all going to be shifted 100% to the blue states, but that's fine. I mean, it's not fine. I wish it wouldn't happen, but I'm just telling you that's something I want you guys to understand. Now, first, I forgot our sponsor today, Raycon. Um, those of you who sit back and listen to me, my long shows, or uh, you just lo like listening to music, peel your eyes away from the computer screen. Sit back, relax, and put on your wireless Raycon earbuds. Why do I like Raycon? First of all, they're the only thing that fits in my ears. It's perfect, perfect fit. doesn't keep popping out. They also have an awareness mode for when you need to listen to your surroundings. Right, the worst thing you can do is walk around on the street, especially if you live uh, in the Baltimore area like I do. Uh, you'll get you'll get knocked out by the gangs. They actually have a term for that; they call it apple picking. Uh, so make sure you have your awareness mode on. Um, and the they have eight hour playtime, thirty two hour battery life, and really most importantly, everything in life you got to pay for quality. But they're really the only quality audio brand that's at half the price of the other premium brands. So um, it really is. I mean, Raycon's everyday earbuds, they have 48,000 five-star reviews. So I want you guys to go now, see our podcast listeners, can get 15% off their Raycon orders at buyraycon.com slash conservative. That's B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N.com slash conservative, buyraycon.com slash conservative. So before I dispense of this point, I just wanted to say, this is also why I keep saying that if God gave me a choice and said, Daniel, I'd rather, you know, if you have a choice of one watershed Supreme Court decision you can get, either for them to um, reverse Roe or for Barrett and Kavanaugh to have instead joined us on banning the CMS and military mandates and really throughout covid they have screwed us on every issue for them to have banned covid fascism which is a much greater pro-life issue and i'm going to develop that thought i would have absolutely picked the latter not just because abortion is elective it's it, look it's horrible for the baby don't get me wrong don't yell at me you know my view on that 
but we're not being forced to get abortions. COVID fascism is the equivalent of forcing us into it. I've been saying this. When you look at the millions of people that are going to die young and have already died from the lockdowns, from the clot shots, from the therapeutics, from the denial of care, from the illegal DNRs and the illegal drugging up of people on sedatives that they're doing in the hospitals, the fact that we can't have care, the, you know, cancer treatment, everything. It's not just COVID. Millions of millions of people. It's a holocaust. Okay? That would be the equivalent of the government announcing the China policy of you have to get an abortion beyond, let's say, two kids or something. But it's not happening. But that would be the equivalent. Well, Daniel, you know, celebrate what we have. You know, I understand that, but we could walk and chew gum at the same time. Or can we? Or can we? We could and should, but given the justices we have at a legal level and the Republican politicians we have at an elected political level and the phony conservative movement we have at a talker, fundraising, noisemaking level, I fear we cannot, and I fear... We're going to pay dearly for this. It doesn't have to be this way, and I'm going to fight that we actually benefit from the good parts of this, which certainly are great. But just to close this point, keep in mind, well, Daniel, okay, but don't you care about the babies? First of all, you know my view. I believe we live in a Noah's Ark time. And if they're going to kill our people versus them electing to abort their own babies. I'm sorry, it might sound cruel, but I'm more worried about us. But moreover, you're not going, this is my point. While the opinion is great, and from a jurisprudential standpoint, it's great, and I think it could really help us weaken judicial supremacism by getting rid of substantive due process and telling people, yeah, everything needs to be in state legislatures. Let's do this more often on other issues. Let's fight it out. The reality is it's not going to save those babies. They're going to go to the blue states. They're going to inv- they're going to spend billions of dollars inviting them. Every NGO, every blue state's going to be involved and they're going to do that. So I'm saying it's not like you're going to save those babies. I'm sorry to say that, but that is my view. So in terms of the moral outcome other than, you know, look, you know, we want to have a red state. We don't want this going on here. And that that's great. And I think we should do that. Um, but they will have plenty of places to engage in their maloc sacrifice of kids where they want, and you're not going to stop them. Now, in terms of we're going to pay for this, first let me get to point number two. Point number two. One of the reasons why we were so successful, really the whole reason is, because as you well know, people like Barrett and Kavanaugh, who represent the overwhelming majority of Republican-appointed judges up and down the bench, they're kind of like that. They're all political. They're, they're no different than Republican politicians. They might, in the de- depths of their heart, some of them believe in certain things. Oh, I think the 14th Amendment really means this. But they're not going to act on something unless they feel there is broad political momentum. They have no guts. This is the one issue that Republicans held onto and the phony conservative movement held onto. And I would argue it doesn't come from a great place. Right thing for the wrong reasons. They did it to hoodwink us and, and you know, perfectly betray us in every other issue to keep us voting Republican. And also, it's just about virtue signaling. It's the same reason why every Republican is into the homosexual agenda now, including a lot of my colleagues and conservative media and that's a whole nother story um it's become an obsession they're all bought into it but they love themselves some babies let me tell you if they couldn't virtue signal this issue they would have dropped this issue a long time ago but everyone loves babies i'm not trying to be too cynical but that that's the truth of it it's not because of a zealous regard for god's word because if that were true they would fight the homosexual agenda just as vigorously and of course they don't and they gave in on that and they have no intention of fighting that but that leads me to my broader point here for years we were told the courts are supreme the courts ruled you can't do this you can't have the death penalty for um juvenile murderers roper you can't have the death penalty for child molesters. That's a, a, a Graham v. Florida or something. It was like 10, 15 years ago. Uh, you know, you, you can't, all sorts of election law stuff. Um, obviously, Obergefell on marriage. Um, everything is the courts. 
U.S. v. Arizona, oh, states can't enforce immigration law. And for years, I said, first of all, the courts have you know no say in that. It's they're they're unconstitutional. States have, swear an oath to the Constitution. They have to do the Constitution as they see fit. As they see fit. But moreover, even if you believe in submitting yourself to the courts, don't preemptively not pass the bill in a state legislature because there's an existing precedent. Set up a challenge with a new orientation of the court, which there is. Set up a challenge and build that political momentum. So you know what? Because this is the one and only issue that Republicans held on to in like 20 different red states, they decided with three new justices on the court— um, but mainly, you know, because of Barrett and Kavanaugh um, overturning uh, the seats of Kennedy and Ginsburg, we have a new opportunity. And they're like, screw Roe. We know it's in direct contrast to it, but we're going to set up a direct challenge. And that was the Dobbs case, the ban on abortions um, after 15 weeks, and many other states followed. Some, like Oklahoma, Texas, um, did even even earlier, some went to six weeks, and they set up a direct challenge. You have to understand, in the minds of Barrett and Kavanaugh, they go along with the spirit of the age. Now, I don't mean like the Democrat judges that they'll go along 100%, because obviously, you know, being against abortion is not part of the spirit of the age of those who manage the culture, but it's certainly unanimous among Republicans. And they're Republican judges. They are Republicans, presumably. I mean, they, they definitely are. Um, so, yeah, they'll, they'll go along with that. They, they created enough of a momentum. This tells you what we're leaving on the table. It shows you how much we're leaving on the table on so many other issues. Imagine if every state would set up a direct challenge to Plyler v. Doe, a complete fiction that illegals could march into the country and have a right to education in our schools for their children and other bennies. Right, Plyler v. Doe, 1981, or or U.S. v. Arizona, what, 2012? <clears throat> um, you know, where they said a state can't even enforce existing federal immigration law. Set up the challenge, at least. All the states should do it. Oh, we can't do it, Daniel. It's U.S. v. Arizona. No, create the momentum. Make it clear that this is what we're doing. This is an invasion. We're not going to tolerate it. I can't guarantee you Barrett and Kavanaugh would bite. But it's worth it, and I don't care whether they do or not. We shouldn't listen to them anyway. But that's my point. This provides a huge opportunity on many other issues, but not just because there are other issues. Many other issues flow directly from this opinion. If this leaked draft indeed is what stands, and they don't really alter it much, and they stick with it, if you read it, one of the central points that Alito basically makes is he basically vitiates substantive due process. This notion that there's these new phantom rights that are not enumerated in the Constitution under the 14th Amendment that you could create new rights. He applies Glucksburg um, as it should be applied. The litmus test for a right is, is it deeply rooted in history and tradition? So either you have something that's directly spelled out, like the right to bear arms, so that's in there. Let's say it's something that's not in the language itself, but it's clearly deeply rooted in history and tradition. So you could you could subsume that as a, as a right that is enumerated, as part of a right that's enumerated in the Constitution. But if it's something like everything they're doing, everything the left wants to do, not only is it not rooted, it's literally against everything we've done in history. It's like saying transgenderism, gay marriage is deeply rooted. In, no, it's, it's antithetical, right? All the states not just banned, didn't define it as a marriage, but actually banned the, the actual act um, and the activity. Criminalized it even. Um, so there's nothing stopping the states from doing this with Obergefell. Obergefell is an even greater um, legal fiction. Because at the end of the day, abortion is a, is a complex issue. And again, don't get me wrong here and think I'm squishing out on you. Um, it's not morally for me. It is murder, and I believe it's murder. But, you know, l l let's say you have a spectrum. On the one end, you have um, straight-up murder. You, you take a live-born person and you go and murder him. You certainly don't have a right to do that. On the other hand is COVID fascism, where they're directly trying to do a procedure or a device or an injection into your body. That certainly 
you have a right against that. Here, you don't, it's murder, but it is part of your body that you want to do it. Now, again, you want to do a positive action, right? A lot of people are saying, oh, Daniel, well, what happened to my body, my rights? They're the ones who are hypocrites because you could believe you have a right is a negative right. I have freedom from government action, but I don't necessarily have a right to any procedure I want if that procedure is going to kill a baby, right? Whereas they believe you have a right to your body to such an extent that you could even take a positive action to kill a baby. So certainly you have the right to a negative just refraining from the government putting a gene therapy into your body. But I will tell you, it is a little nuanced. It's obvious to you and me the difference. And of course I believe there's a difference. I'm just going to tell you, it is going to hurt our ability to fight COVID fascism legally because and, and politically too because it's just going to be blurred. And they're going to say, well, well you know, look, you see, you know, you know, you're not telling me you don't have a right to your, your body. Again, they're huge difference, and you and I both know that. But just, just keep that in mind. It comes at a time when we do need to fight for bodily autonomy and medical freedom, which is a much bigger pro-life issue. Um, and we can actually save people again. It would be one thing if this opinion would result in literally creating a right to life in the sense that it bans abortion in all 50 states. So you could say you'd be saving the lives of the babies with that. I'm just telling you that is not what is happening here. But anyway, everything that's built on substantive due process. But do you think that there's a single state that's going to set up a challenge to Obergefell? No. No, they won't. No, they won't. Because they're pathetic. But I'm just telling you, it didn't have to be this way. Roper. Roper is another thing. Every state needs to say, juvenile murderers get the death penalty. Oh, well, no, it's cruel and unusual punishment. Really? Is that deeply rooted in our history and tradition? Not true. That's new. We were just killing people. You know, we, we, would, we would give capital punishment since the dawn of times to a murderer under 18. Okay. Scalia wrote about that in his dissent in Roper. So you hear what I'm saying? In other words, it's not just abortion. I mean, you have the Supreme Court recently, either directly or through the shadow docket, you know, not taking up the appeal from a bad lower court decision, made a right to access for a male to access a female bathroom. They made a right to castration, a right to come into work as a cross-dresser and not get fired and be you know under the Civil Rights Act. A right to camp out on public streets uh, for homeless and 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 cities cannot don't have the police power to clear it out. A lot of crazy things, and then obviously immigration is a huge one. State legislatures need to get into session and do all this. And, and first and foremost, why is no one calling for our states to? You know, most states are not in session now. Hold a session right now and ban abortion. Keep in mind, most of them are out until January, February. Strike while the, iron, while the iron's hot. Remember, we talked about that. Don't see, th this is why they leaked it. They like leaking it before it happens so you could fight. Here, when you just do, so what I would do is I wouldn't even wait for their opinion. I would, now that we have the draft, I would go and have all the red states ban abortion right now. Not just after 15 weeks, but, but always. Okay, ban it right now and done. But again, to me, you need to also ban kicking family out of hospitals and illegal DNRs and, and blocking kidney transplants. And any mandate, including so-called private sector mandates, of the clot shot, which is, which is the equivalent of mandating an abortion. Okay, if employees, and if an employer would say, anyone who works here has to get an abortion... Do you think the Republican politicians would, would sit by idly? No. They would fight that. This is no different. Again, this is worth millions. Millions of people. This is the much bigger pro-life issue. And this ties into my next point. My fear is that this is going to cost us at the judiciary and politically for other issues. It's going to seriously cost us. Now, I want to explain what I mean. Let's talk first with the justices. 
and maybe you'll kind of get my nuance here as to why I'm a little bit, you know, conflicted here and have some mixed emotions. Kavanaugh and Barrett have screwed us on so many issues that you can't even imagine. Bake the cake issues, you know, you have to service the homosexual agenda. Obviously, on every one of the COVID fascism issues, we've gone two years and we've had very few victories and most of COVID fascism is still intact. Okay? And, and that is a pro-death issue. Literally, as we talked about yesterday, there is no doubt that is going to create a tremendous amount of infertility and reproductive issues. And that is mandated. That's not elective. Abortion is repugnant as it is. It ain't my people getting it. Okay, so I, I will tell you I'm a little biased in that sense. I'm not saying it's not wrong. I'm not saying I won't fight it. I, I just said I would support calling a special session, banning it right now. They're going to go to the blue states, but fine. But I am concerned that we have already paid for it, and God knows what we will pay for in the coming months. Because you have to understand the way Kavanaugh and Barrett work. They don't do what's right. They don't look at what's right. They have a scoreboard. Kind of what Roberts has, but not as extreme. Where they're willing to give us a certain amount of things. Now, you might say, well, what does that matter? If you get 20 major cases in front of you, you follow what the law should dictate. But yeah, we know that. But we're governed by political will, not the rule of law. We know that. They're not going to give us that. And there's going to be such fallout from this. And they're going to so badly want to protect the integrity of the court, so to speak, that we are going to pay for it on a lot of painful issues that affect our lives a lot more. I'm just going to tell you, again, you know you're going to hear the truth from me. I'm going to tell you what's in my heart. This doesn't affect us. doesn't mean morally it's wrong. We shouldn't fight it, and we will, and I, I support. I support tomorrow. Don't wait until the decision. Get a special session place and, and, and ban it. I'm just telling you, they're going to kill us on immigration, on crime, on freedoms, you name it. They're going to slaughter us. Kavanaugh and Barrett, watch for it. We're going to pay very dearly. So when I tell you I would rather one or the other, and some of you are like, well, Danny, you celebrate the victories we have. Why does it have to be one or the other? It doesn't have to be. But with the perfidious Republican Party we have, it will be legally. So we're going to pay for it in other decisions. So I hope you really enjoy it because just understand, I just want you to think long and hard, is it worth it? Okay, it's, it's a sobering thought. Again, you're not going to hear this thought process anywhere else. Then at a political level, let's go to the political level. As you well know, those of you who have been listening to this show, the story of the red states is this. 90% of the Republicans, whether they're governors, whether they're attorneys general, whether they're state legislators, they're Klaus Schwab, Bill Gates, Soros, pro-criminal, pro-open borders, chamber of commerce, pro-pharma, fascist status. But by golly, they are anti-abortion status. So they use that one issue to, you know, shield us. So I'm, I'm just going to tell you. There's nobody worse than Asa Hutchinson, right? I mean, he is a pro-tranny, pro-castration, pro-COVID fascism to the nth degree. He criticized DeSantis the other day on, on, on Disney. Um, horrible. I'm just going to tell you, he will have no problem signing a complete ban on abortion. Now, he is term limited, so he himself is, is on his way out. But the people like him, they will be heralded as, as, as heroes and will completely disarm any momentum against them to defeat them. The governor of Idaho, the governor of North Dakota, Doug Burgum, is a perfect example. He is literally a land-owning partner, business partner with Bill Gates. He's a leftist, but he runs as pro-life and pro-gun because that's what you have to do in those states, and then he could screw us on every other issue. Now that you have all the legislatures that are going to get in and they're going to ban abort because now this gave it back to the states, which is a good thing. This is what it should be. But I'm just telling you, it's going to suck up all the oxygen on that one issue to the detriment of everything else. It doesn't have to be that way. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for banning it. We should. But it's got to be a part of a broader pro-life issue of banning pharma and everything they're doing, a hospital patient's bill of rights, rebuilding health care in America. Literally, we have nowhere to go. 
See, they're, they're still going to have the blue states to get an abortion. We have nowhere to go to get proper health care. Where do you go? That's the ultimate pro-life issue. If you listen to the show with this 19-year-old Down syndrome girl, her blood oxygen level a little low, they literally marked her for death and drugged her to death and overdosed her in a hospital and killed her. I don't want to speak for Christians, but I will tell you under Jewish law, certainly the unborn is a life. It is prohibited. But it, there, it, it's not quite the same level as you know, an already born person, certainly someone who has lived and, you know, you're terminating their life. And again, you know, we, we need to be for life completely from conception to natural death, to natural death. That's what to be pro-life is for, and that's what I am. But I'm just telling you that 90% of Republicans are, who, who, you know, claim to be for the fetuses, and then most legitimately are, I'm just telling you, they are either indifferent or downright on the other side of all these other much more direct pro-life issues. And to me, that's repugnant. And I'm not going to allow this to shield them on that. To me, that's still the bigger issue. Let me sum this point up by giving you an analogy. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, Daniel, the tears in my eyes. I live to see this day. 50-year battle won. Yeah, but sometimes when you have a 50-year battle won, it's no longer the battle. In other words, let's say you have these raiding martyrs that are, um, you know, trying to sack your home, attack your your castle, your your real estate. And, and you go back and forth. They kind of cut some parts of the property, and then they want to do others. You kind of reach the stalemate on it. And what happens is, towards the end of that 50-year battle, they actually succeed in entering the castle, and they viciously murder every member of your family. You don't have a single person surviving left. Not a wife and not any of your four or five kids. And let's say you have extended family living there, too, and they kill them, too. But then somehow some stroke of luck came about, and you happen to um, chase them away from your property. Heck, maybe they left on their own. After 50 years, we saved our castle. Yeah, but all your family members are dead. That's kind of the anguish that I feel now. Some of you might take it as a little insensitive to those of you who are celebrating today, but I'm sorry that's what's in my heart now. I think there's a strong argument to be made that Roe catalyzed a culture of death that led to what we have today. But once we had it and we didn't uprooted expeditiously the horses left the barn they literally we have like yesterday's show i talked about transhumanism they literally think we're not human all of us so if you're a republican that not only doesn't fight but actually helps facilitate in numerous ways the transhumanism agenda but you just end abortions in the fetus but again even then it's just in red states and they're all going to go to the blue states I, I, I hate to sound like I'm somehow pouring cold water on what should be amazing news, but I'm sorry. I'm not going to allow them to distract me. And I'm certainly not going to vote and allow rhinos to get reelected by virtue of signing abortion bans and screwing us on every other issue that killed our country, killed our families, killed our mental health, our physical health, our ability to get health, control our bodies, destroyed careers, destroyed military careers killed several million people when this all settles and they have much more in the pipeline who knows what's with 5g and the food supply and whatever else they're planning let me say this we have a movement full of teletubbies that aren't strategic thinkers the left has their own teletubbies that are stupid but they also have strategic thinkers unlike us so they have their guys that are out in the street that are going to be yelping and making like this is the biggest deal and Schumer and Pelosi, they're going to yelp about this. But whenever you want to know if you're on target, if you're slaying the beast, if you are really focusing on the most important issues, here's the litmus test I want you to use. Do Soros, Klaus Schwab, and Bill Gates really care? Are they really pained by it? 
Now, I know there's no way of answering that, but I think you understand where I'm driving at. I don't think they do. I don't think, I mean, they like abortion, but they're going to help then fund it in the blue states. This, that is not their issue. Their issue is medical tyranny, but it's not just medical. It's using several things to literally, in its most literal sense, control forcibly against our will, our bodies and minds. That is the new issue we're confronted with, and it's not even so new. So I'm not, I, I already see all these, even some of like the more critical ones, these conservative commentators, you know, Trump and McConnell really deserve a lot of credit. Jeez, that's really what we need at this point. Oh, so McConnell, we played the long game. No, we didn't. They're on to bigger and better things because of judicial supremacism. Now, again, as I started the show with, there's a lot of great examples. There's a lot of great things you can do with this. Number one, it makes state legislatures great again. It gets people thinking, oh, now I'm going to focus on who I elect as the legislature because he's going to determine the abortion issue. But then you must realize that guy could determine every issue. People are going to see the sharp contrast between blue and red states on abortion. Awesome. Let's see that sharp contrast on every other issue. Let's make state legislatures great again, and let's make red states red again. If this decision catalyzes that, it will be the best thing ever. Likewise, if it raises the specter that political issues should be left to the legislature, I'd love that. I would gladly trade them Heller for Obergefell and and USV Arizona and everything else they've done to us. Keep the courts out of everything. Right? In other words, Heller would help us ban gun control even in blue states. And as we talked about for many years, it didn't even wind up doing that because the blue states just fight back anyway. They're not The blue states are going to do what they want anyway. You're never going to control them. I live in Maryland, and 10 years later, I still can't carry a single caliber anywhere, anytime. Okay, so they're going to do what they want. They'll defy the courts, as they always do. Right? So you're not even going to benefit from that. I want to be able to go to a red state that's red. And for that, judicial supremacism is a problem. The two problems we have. See, look, I don't mind. I mean, I do mind. Obviously, in an ideal situation, we should be able to have a country, 50 states following the Constitution. And yes, if a blue state controls your body, one of the things you should be able to do is go to a court and petition for relief. But if that's going to help muddle the lines there and and somehow raise the prominence of judicial supremacism, I'm fine. As long as I can move to a red state and get treatment. Whoops, we can't. And let, let me tell you what I mean by this. Let me, let me illustrate why my point that there's bigger pro-life issues and why judicial supremacism is not even helping us. The reason we don't have red states red is two reasons. Number one, because Republicans suck. And number two, because even when we can get them to do good things, the federal courts come in and say you can't do it. So my point is we need to fight for both of those. We need to get better elected Republicans in the legislatures and governors to actually have this national divorce and thwart the federal government and do what they want on every issue. And number two, that's going to require telling the courts to go to hell and ending judicial supremacism, which I think we actually have a great opportunity. The left is yelping about the courts now. You're right. Let the legislatures decide everything. Okay, so you could end Citizens United and Heller, and that's fine. We'll go and do what we want. The problem is we don't have that. We don't have that at all. So there's a story out of the Epic Times I wanted to share with you guys that illustrates this point, that basically there was a baby that was taken away from parents because they missed an appointment, literally kidnapped. They missed an appointment. So the medical profession is Joseph Mengele. They force procedures on you. They block what you do need. And also, as we noted with the, um, we had this uh, person that adopted a Ukrainian daughter and she needed a kidney transplant. They not only blocked it because she didn't get the clot shot, but they reported her to Child Protective Services. So this is from uh, Epic Times. Baby Cyrus was taken away from his parents by authorities on the same day his mother canceled the child's PD, 
uh, a periodic medical checkup appointment because she was not feeling well, said Diego Rodriguez, grandfather of baby Cyrus. The baby was returned to his parents after seven days in state custody, thanks to uh, irresistibly strong support of people, organizations, and some lawmakers. Um, baby Cyrus, raised by Rodriguez's daughter Marissa and her husband, had been exclusively breastfed until he reached about seven and a half months at which point the parents started introducing him to solid foods. The baby did not tolerate solid foods well and started throwing up. The grandfather continued, so the baby, so the parents started seeing different doctors, specialists. At one point, the baby was hospitalized. The hospital performed all kinds of tests, could not find what was wrong. Um, the hospital even said by their own admission that as far as the lab tests are concerned and blood tests, he's one of the healthiest babies they've ever seen. They discharged the baby with a clean bill of health, wanted to do some reviews on him later. Um... And the review went fine, and the next visit was scheduled for Thursday. However, on Wednesday, Cyrus got sick again, threw up. So on Thursday, the nurse practitioner who was going to do the review determined that baby Cyrus had lost 35 grams, which is like 1.23 ounces. The next day, Marissa was feeling a little under the weather. That's the mother. So she woke up. She called the medical office, canceled the appointment. And at 1020 on March 11th, the nurse practitioner notified Child Protective Services. The CPS contacted the mother. Um, and basically the family had dinner with a friend at their, at his house. When they left, they realized their truck was followed by the police. And, um, and the police came, took the baby out of her arms. When she asked the police what the crime she had committed and refused to step out of the truck, policemen forcibly dragged her outside. They were arresting her for resisting an obstruction. Um, and folks, by the way, this is why I support abolishing the police, just so you know. Um, this is another way where I'm actually counter to the conservative movement. Not because I don't believe in police, I do, but I'm just saying strategically, if we're not going to have them, you know, lock up criminals, then screw it. You know, they're only going to be used against us from our self-defense from fighting those criminals, especially if the assailant is black. And, uh, and used for fascism. Remember, without police, there's no fascism. Now, I don't get me wrong. Ideally, I believe in, in ordered liberty, but if that's not an option on the menu, you know my view on that. In other words, I, I look at game theory. I have a little bit of a Freakonomics type of view, and I think that's you need to view the world three-dimensionally. But I digress. Folks, I skipped one important detail. Do you know what state this took place in? Do you know what state this um, took place in? Idaho. The state of freaking Idaho. So it's like, you'd be like, okay, so you see the left, you know the court, the blue states, you know the courts are never going to be there to protect legitimate hardcore rights. In blue states, I'll move to a red state and be free. Can you imagine this family living in Idaho, literally dealing with a sick kid? They forcibly ripped Cyrus out of her hands. They handcuffed her, took her outside, humiliated and groped her, which was also filmed. Male officers patted her whole body down, putting their hands up her shirt, her blouse. Um, those cops should get 50 years in prison, but of course they won't. It's a long story. Look at it at the Epic Times if you haven't seen it. Um, it was from yesterday. Baby kidnapped by authorities over a missed medical appointment, attorney say, says... Folks, this is my point. We're not, on the one end, we're, we're on the cusp of banning abortions in red states. Great. But on the other end, we have more pro-life issues in red states than ever before in the form of the medical profession, medical fascism. And that's forced. You can't avoid it. At the end of the day, I'm sorry, folks, but I spent two years fielding thousands of emails from you guys in the audience, people who couldn't get treatment who are going to die, couldn't breathe. People who are forced to get the shots and then were injured from the shots and they can't find a doctor. People who lost their jobs, lost their military service. And I watched as this phony movement and all my colleagues obsessing about today and celebrating did nothing or many of them were downright on the other side or strategically helped the other side. And suddenly now, oh, I'm pro-life. No, you're not. I'm sorry. How many of you are affected by the whole life issue? Almost all of you. 
How many of you are affected by abortion? I mean, I think you know the answer. How many of you guys are running out to get abortions? Okay? It ain't our people getting them. Again, it doesn't mean it's not wrong. On the record, I would support right now convening all the legislatures and banning them. But I'm just telling you that we are going to juice up the rhinos all because of this. And it's funny, I'm watching the Republicans, the Ben Sass, the Mitch McConnell, how dare the legal legal the leaker? There needs to be a FBI investigation. Now, they're right, it is egregious because they're what they're trying to do, as we all know, is to you know influence them with the mob. But it's the way they explain it. Oh, you are compromising the independence of the court. Give me a break. The court sucks. I'm sick of this. The independence of the court. They love judicial supremacism. And again, this decision is not judicial supremacism. It's reversing supremacism. But you get my point. They're obsessed with the courts. Instead, the message needs to be, you know what, Democrats? Let's shake on it. We won't have any more conservative nominees to the court. You could get anyone you want. But judicial supremacism is over. And that means Obergefell falls. Everything you want falls. Everything we want falls too. Go to the state legislatures. That's what needs to happen. That's where this needs to go. But I'm just telling you strategically. Let, let, me, let me tell you something funny. The left will tell you what they care about. And when I say the left, I don't mean the naked guys defecating on cop cars protesting outside of the Supreme Court. I mean the guys with the real power. They Notice what they'll censor you with. Has anyone ever been fact-checked or censored on the abortion issue? Not really. Anyone throughout the last night of fisticuffs over this opinion been kicked off Twitter for anything they said? No, not that I know of. And they won't. You'll be kicked off for calling a man a woman. That's real. I mean, a real man that says he's a woman, a man. And you'll be kicked off with COVID fascism. You'll be kicked off sometimes with black supremacism. Those are the issues they're using to transform you. Abortion, they've largely moved on from. At a strategic level. doesn't mean they're not going to fund it and whatever, juice up their base with it. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. It's not where it's at. Doesn't mean we shouldn't fully utilize this. And I think we should. But that means not just banning abortion, but, but challenging everything built on phantom rights, including the issues that you and I both know they will never, ever touch because they're pathetic, some of these same Republicans. I'm just telling you, all the pathetic governors in Alabama, Mississippi, Arkansas, uh, the Dakotas, Idaho, Wyoming, they're going to be all over this while they nail us into the coffin on every other issue. But I will say that the most positive development is also the most negative development. You see, I'm worried about, oh my gosh, we'll make all the legislatures about abortion and with the exclusion of everything else and you know harm us from defeating the rhinos. On the other hand, here's really what does matter. Here's really what does matter. This will enable us to push national divorce if, if we play our cards right. I'm a single-issue voter, and by that I mean not medical freedom. There's many issues that matter, but they all stem from one. Anything that strategically helps further national divorce, I support. Anything that distracts or gets in the way of it and becomes a golden calf like the presidential election, I oppose. You will never, if, if one thing is clear from the reaction to the court ruling and the leaking of it itself, it demonstrates that you cannot share a country with these people. Okay, they will stop at nothing. Like we said, the blue states are gonna be worse than ever. Make the red states actually red. Now we have the opportunity to say, hey folks, stop with the federal courts. Decisions need to be made at the, the, the state legislative le level. The reality is they already have the blue states. They could do whatever they want. Very rarely do we ever get relief in the courts. They could do whatever they want. And they will, and it will get worse and worse. Let us have our states. 
but our states are not your Chamber of Commerce Republicans. That's what we need to focus on. Making state legislatures great again, make red states red again. That's what this does. And, and hopefully the reaction of the blue states where then they react and then double down on abortion. And again, I'm not happy about that, but there's nothing we can do that's reality. It will create a schism. And that might sound very divisive, but we already are irrevocably divided. So rather than it's like a husband and wife that are throwing pots and pans at each other, I mean, it would be great best to, to save, a, save a holy marriage. But, you know, if it's reached beyond that point, you got to separate. And that's where we are now. They already control us. We need our, our escape. They have their states. We need to make the blue, the red states as red as the blue states are blue. So my hope is that that's where this needs to go. It needs to go towards look at how successful we were on the life issue. Not real. I mean the abortion part of the life issue, not on the rest of it. Let's expand that to whole life from conception to natural death. But let's also expand that to many, many other issues. States deporting illegals. Let's do that now. And again, that will require an end to judicial supremacism. And now is the opportunity to push that. Okay, so this is kind of a broader view that I doubt any of you are going to hear anywhere else, and I hope you appreciate it. So now that the table is set, you know, from this first almost an hour where I think you've understood this unique take, now I think you could be emotionally prepared for the final point I'm going to make. And and again, you know, I'm regarded as kind of the most hardcore guy. My Twitter handle for years has been red meat conservative. And I'm going to sound a little squishy on this, but I think most of you, again, will appreciate what I'm saying. One of the things I am worried about is there is a risk of overreach just politically. Even though I'm all about principle, there's always even the most principled person you know, in politics, you have to be, you know, at least 95% principle, but you need a 5% politics just because you operate in a certain world. And sometimes if you're not political and strategic at all, you get nothing. Okay. So you do have to understand there's a lot of things you and I believe in. We could list a hundred different policy changes that we would want. And some of them are more winning than others. Some of them are going to be, you know, you know, near universal. Some of them are going to have 80% support, 70% support. Some will have more 50-50, and some might be even on the losing side of that. And we believe in them nonetheless. Let me give you an example. I fully, fully believe that Social Security and Medicare should have never existed, and I'd love to get rid of them completely. But of all the things we're facing that are more kind of directly imminent and that we must deal with and that we have a broader support especially this bipartisan medical freedom movement, which you know ties into eventually making an end run around things like Medicare, it would be stupid to go into a Stalingrad like that. It would just, you're just gonna, you're gonna wind up losing a lot of people, okay? I, I, I recognize that. You have to understand what issues to lead with, what to be more incremental with, and whatever. What I am concerned about is that it's almost like with tax cuts, Republicans were, pro-tax cut almost to a fault, meaning I call it low-tax socialism, where they're for big government, we have the worst statism, least rights ever, but the lowest taxes, and actually harms us. Not that, I, that I'm squishing out on taxes, and I suddenly believe higher taxes are good. No, it's just, it's part of the broader limited government philosophy. But if you're going to have big, onerous North Korea fascism, and all this bureaucracy, I'd rather we pay for it so the people would have higher taxes and they would rebel. Now, because of the printing press, they have low taxes so they could do it on the cheap and destroy our country without ever noticing it. That's kind of my thesis on that. Those of you here where I am on taxes. Abortion is a similar thing. If you're going to focus on that and, and blow your wad on that, my concern is there's a lot of elected Republicans that suck on everything now, some are frauds on abortion, too, and they're not really, they just say it. But some legitimately are pro-life status. So they're horrible on everything, but they literally want to, like, give the, I'm not kidding you, give the death penalty, not, not just to the doctor, but the mother who does it. And then this is going to inevitably get into the whole rape issue. So in the deep red states, there's no question that they're going to ban abortions in general, even, you know, at the beginning, and that's great, and we should be doing that. But inevitably, you're going to have these straw men, long-standing herrings come up. And they really, in the practical world, 
people get wrapped up too much in them, but the, it, it stirs up too many emotions. And it's stupid for some of these suburban women that you're dealing with insane inflation, crime, open borders, fascism, no medical system, a broken government. What, really, you're going to vote based on something that will likely never happen to you? Like, what do you care? Especially the wealthier ones. Like, you're not getting abortions anyway. But I'm just telling you, you know, of all our issues, that is going to offend a lot of people. I'm just telling you. Look, I, you know where I stand on that. I, I agree with those who say, give the death penalty to the rapist, not the baby. It doesn't rectify what happened. I understand that. But at the end of the day, it's something that was forced to grow in the woman's body. From a political standpoint, not a moral standpoint, do you really want to lead on that? I'm just saying, all the people that are coming in our direction on a lot of medical freedom issues, think very strongly. If that is going to be the litmus test for what it means to be a hardcore conservative in the red states, not how much you're going to go after Pfizer, not Pfizer is the new Planned Parenthood, throwing out the illegals, all this stuff. I'm going to ban abortion even in the case of the mother's life in danger, which is kind of a straw man. Is you know that you know usually it, it, it's it's you try to save both, and sometimes inevitably the kid dies. It's a very rare circumstances like you know you're sitting one or the other, and the rape thing also is not that common. Um, especially that you wouldn't have the um, ability to have the morning after pill. But unfortunately, on both sides, it invokes way too much obsession, and people will literally vote based off of that um, just because of the emotion that it invokes. I'm, I'm not – you might think, oh, Daniel, you're squishing out on the abortion issue. I'm just, I'm just asking you, do you really want to blow your wad on that? And look, in the deep red states, you might have support to even ban it in those cases, but – it will harm us elsewhere. And just, just keep that in mind. Is that the hill you want to die on? Um, now, on the other hand, the left could help us by overreacting because they're literally going to start this abortion, like, abortion, I say abortion, it's not. I mean, it's murder. Um, all of it's murder, but literally after the baby's born. I mean, that's what they're doing now. Heck, they're doing it with adults. In hospitals. But that Republicans don't recognize, only when it's in the context of abortion. So that could help us too. But I'm just saying, you want to avoid extremes, except when you're really going to get banged for that buck. You know, I'd give death penalty to, to Pfizer CEO or something. Something that's really controlling us. Just, just be very careful with that. If that, if that's going to become the new litmus test in the legislatures, in, in the candidates we have, oh, he's a squash. He doesn't support it. Ending in, in case of rape, I, that was always a straw man. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I have my views on that, and I'm sure you do as well. But it's just, it, it's just not worth it in my, in my view. I, I've never said that before, but I, I think it's obvious in the time we live in. Um, but by the way, I, it's interesting that this is the one thing that they'll go all out on. You look at the Democrats and Gavin Newsom, he tweeted out his first thing, boom, we're going to have a constitutional amendment in the state. You don't want to read it into the federal constitution. We're going to have it here. And yet here we are two years into COVID fascism and we can't even affirm a right to just be left free, not to be injected, not to have our breathing holes covered. The best we have is one state constitutional amendment, Pennsylvania passed one committee. Not a single supermajority trifecta state. After everything that has happened to us, could we get this? Pathetic. I will guarantee you in every state that the left controls, they will easily have, they'll probably have a special session. They'll do it. We need to do the same. So that is the ultimate lesson. It's great that this gives us an opportunity to rid abortions, rid red states of abortions. Let's do it. Let's do it immediately. It also provides an opportunity to go after substantive due process and phantom rights and the broader judicial supremacism. Let's do that. It gives us an opportunity to raise the prominence and importance of state legislatures and state legislator candidates. Let's focus on that. But by golly, let's not only get bogged down on this issue. 
so let's certainly not allow the phony grifting conservative movement to use this to say, look, the Federalist Society was right. Mitch McConnell was right. They're doing great for us. We're at the promised land. We're winning. This is great. And just make the whole election about that and obfuscate everything else they've done to us and reelect all the rhinos. Let's look at this smartly. Sci- uh, um, politics is not um, it's not a science and it's certainly not a math. It's not a numbers game. Well, you, you won this or won that. It's an art. It's an art. It's understanding the confluence of multiple political factors and strategies. Um, look, agree with me or disagree with me. I think you understand, A, I'm not using anyone else's talking points. This is coming straight from my heart and my brain uh, strategically. And it is certainly unique. You're not going to hear this elsewhere. Um, but look, I am. I welcome your thoughts. Do you agree with me? Disagree with me? Uh, Daniel Horowitz at startmail.com. Uh, let me know your thoughts, comments, concerns. We're going to follow the fallout in the coming days. We're going to keep on the other issues. And look, I think, as always, you could leverage this issue for many other issues. It's not mutually exclusive. The one great thing is, this being the next current thing, Thank God it took Zelensky out of the news cycle. Till tomorrow, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.